On this episode of Driven Too Far, we're talking about the growing problem of truck parking and why you might want to consider actually paying for those reserve spots. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. So truck parking is a growing concern in the industry, uh, and it has been for some time. And, you know, I'll be the first to tell you, Uh, Back in 2016 or several years back when the truck stops came up with this idea of charging for parking, I was completely against it. I thought it was a scam. Uh, Why in the world would we want to pay for truck stop parking? Um, The more you think about it, you kind of understand what's happening in the industry and, you know, what's really causing the the growing problem of truck parking. But when you think about the amount of e-commerce and how things are changed, everything ships by truck. Uh, everybody does mail order. You're thinking Amazon, UPS, FedEx, all those guys too. But there's just simply more trucks on the road today uh, than there ever has been. And the the infrastructure, if you will, for parking hasn't changed. It's It's way back. It's not kept up with the increase in the number of trucks on the road. You've got things like urbanization and development happening. You think about how the cities are creeping out. Uh, the cities are getting larger. Maybe they're swallowing some of the area that used to be available for truck parking and stuff. So that's another issue that's that's causing the shortage. And then you got some like land use, zoning issues, policies. Uh, I think about, um, first of all, you know, a lot of people don't want big trucks around. So when you get closer to the cities where you're probably making a lot of the deliveries, the question is, where do you park? Where's a truck welcome? The truck stops are full. Uh, you've got strip malls that don't want trucks. Trucks not allowed in there. Um, and I think in our hometown, we've got uh, a couple Walmarts come to mind. One Walmart almost has zero trucks parked in it. And, and the other one is literally there probably is 25 or 30 trucks and trailers parked there at any given time. And I'm actually kind of shocked that uh, Walmart would allow that. But, you know, when you step back and you think about what's going on there, I'm thankful that they do. They give those drivers somewhere to park. They recognize that those drivers are also customers of theirs. Uh, and for the most part, the, where they're parking on the lot would otherwise go unused. So I'm glad they're uh, allowing that to happen. But I've also heard, and you probably have too, about the horror stories out there where somebody's late at night, you're just looking for a place to park. Maybe the weather's not good. Maybe you're really tired. You swing into a Walmart only to wake up in the morning. And you've got some kind of boot or device on the truck and you have to pay a fine to get that boot removed. So the, the struggle there is that parking the truck is not welcome, you know, across all Walmarts or other retailers like that. So it kind of it varies by area, it varies by zone, maybe it varies by the manager per store. So those things are very frustrating for drivers and companies because we simply don't know where to send the truck sometime for a safe place to park. So what kind of impact does the truck parking crisis have uh, on the drivers? And first of all, you think about a driver's safety, right? You go to the fatigue, you're worried about a driver uh, making sure they can get parked in a safe place where it's well lit, uh, it's secure, Um, you know, before they get tired and fatigued. And it it just gets worse is when you you think you know where you're going to park and you pull through the lot, it's full. There's nothing left for you. So you drive down the road to the next interstate exit, same thing. Truck's not welcome. And pretty soon you have that going on every night for these drivers. And it's just a real concern 
you know, you, hopefully you're not past your hours, but I can certainly see a situation where uh, drivers would move past their hours and can't find a safe place to park. So the hours of service would uh, maybe when this uh, a lot of this issue started or kind of caught up to us in the industry is, you know, when we really moved to e-logs, I think when back in the day when we were on paper, maybe we still had some parking issues and some of the same concern. But now that we're on e-logs and you can't fudge, you can't push things around, you know, when you're looking for a, a parking space and it took you an extra 30 minutes. Uh, over your book or something like that. Nowadays, you really can't get away with that stuff. So I think that's really what caused a lot of the issue is the e-logs and, and your ability to kind of be a little bit flexible with some of those things. Um, but I just know from a driver's perspective, the anxiety that something as simple as parking can cause because you want to do it right. You're out there and you don't want to run over your logs. You want to be compliant. You don't want the safety department uh, on your tail about some things. And then it just gets frustrating too, right? You're, you're going from spot to spot and everything's full, or maybe there's a spot open and you're, you're messing around, you're trying to get your truck backed into the spot and it's tight, it's too small. Uh, that's when incidents and accidents can certainly happen in, uh, in the truck stops. Uh, I always think about the rest areas too. Uh, the modern day rest areas, they're getting better, you know, where they have truck parking around the backside or something and it's set up like it's a pull-through facility but the old rest areas when you come off the interstate you think about the trucks are parked right up against the the interstate really and there's maybe five six spots and they're all kind of lined up nose to nose to tail that's hard to get into and if you've got to be one of the first trucks to get in there pull all the way up front and it never fails if you're coming in in the evening and you've got to find a spot maybe there's a spot left in that in that rest area but it's in the center right you got trucks ahead of you, you got trucks behind you and now all of a sudden you got to figure out how to parallel park uh in a in an area where it's not so well lit and you're tired and stuff like that so it's just really frustrating and we certainly i i understand it from my point of view the other thing with the hours of service and staying compliant i know Years ago when I was still driving and then even the drivers today, you know, the best case scenario is for you to be able to, if you're making a delivery, is if you can park on that receiver site. So maybe that's a warehouse, maybe that's a job site, uh, something like that. But if they allow parking and, and hopefully they have some kind of facilities for drivers there, that's best case. So you can time it just right where you can get in there. Uh, you can have a safe place to park. Nobody's around you. Um, and then when they're ready to take your load or whatever your appointment is the next morning, you know, you don't really have to start your clock, uh, your e-log until, until they're ready to receive you. So that's an advantage. But when that doesn't happen, and like we were talking about the, the cities kind of blooming out and getting bigger and stuff, uh, now all of a sudden you've got to park 10 miles out of the city. And that means I've got to get up really early to plan you know, those 10 miles into the city? Am I fighting rush hour? Am I doing all those things? So all that stuff eats time, uh, eats your clock up for the day when you've got to do that. So that's why the best case scenario is definitely if you can park on site uh, at that receiver or shipper. The question comes, you know, when you talk, start talking about strategies and ideas of, uh, you know, how do we fix this? How do we kind of win the battle here? Uh, if you can park on site, I know one of the questions is always, okay, well, who's responsible to find out if the driver can park on site? Is that really a dispatch uh, issue? Is that a driver issue? Um, 
you know, I'm going to tell you it probably lands in the driver with the driver. Now, hopefully, if your company's going back to the same places over and over again, uh, you know, dispatch is taking time to find out all those details about your shippers and receivers, whether you can park on site overnight. Um, and they, they put the they put the information within your, your dispatch system. So it comes across on your mobile com with those details and you get to the point, you, you know, you've been to that place before, you know the routine, you know if you're um, if they'll let you park there overnight. And that's certainly the best case scenario. One of the other solutions, obviously, is the truck stop. So, you know, this is really what I wanted to get into today. And what's happening and what I've seen from a distance is the drivers are, nobody wants to pay for the, the parking, right? So everybody's, you got to be to the truck stop first because there's only so many free spots left at the truck stops. Um, and what's happening is the driver is probably quitting his day earlier than he needs to because they're so concerned about finding that truck parking spot that maybe it's three o'clock in the afternoon. They're shutting down for the day because they feel like if I'm not in the truck stop by four or five in the afternoon, I'm not going to get a spot. So that's what's happening. And I've, I've seen some of that in my own fleet too. Um, but what it's, what it's also doing is it's uh, cutting back on the the money you can make as a driver when you start looking at things as how much per day can I make and then it cuts back on the revenue of the truck and the equipment as well so it affects both the driver and the company as a whole when they first came out with this paid truck stop parking I you know I was like probably most everybody else it's a scam why would they do this they're just finding a new way to uh, make money nickel and dimes whatever that is but one of the other things that you may not know about is, you know, how competitive the fuel business has become in the industry. And, and I know, you know, we're, I would consider us probably a medium-sized fleet. We're certainly not one of the big guys uh, by any means, but I, I know what discounts we get from our fuel vendors. And we have two different main vendors that we use. Um, I think it's probably best practice to have at least a couple vendors. So they're always kind of competing against each other for that fuel business. Uh, I just don't think you're getting your best discount if you just go with, with one vendor. But anyways, the, the point is that the fuel discounts they're giving out are so deep that most truck stops do not make any money on fuel purchases. Uh, they don't. So they're relying on you as a driver coming into their C stores you're buying pop, you're buying cigarettes, you're buying meals, fast food, whatever that is. And that's really where their profit and their income come from. Also their shops and, you know, if they happen to have any maintenance facilities or something like that. But the fuel is just kind of the lure to get you in. And then they hope you get out of the truck and you go spend money in one of their stores. So the truck parking just became another revenue stream uh, for it. Now, at, at 20 bucks a spot or whatever the going rate is that they're charging nowadays, they're, they're not getting rich. Uh, when you think about how many reserve spots do they have uh, at each stop, you know, if they're getting 20 bucks a pop every night, you know, 365 days a year, whatever, whatever that looks like, it, it's not a ton of money um, compared to what they're used to generating, but it's simply another revenue stream. And let's be honest, you know, when you think about the value of land and the cost to develop new truck stops and then the taxes they're probably paying on the land, uh, they've had to get creative to come up with those new revenue streams. So I want to make an argument um, 
of why you might want to pay for truck parking. And this took me a while to get to myself. Like I said, I kind of rejected the whole idea for a long time. But the more I thought about it and then the more I started studying like driver hours, what we see in the industry is that out of the 11 hours you have to drive in a day, what we see is an average industry wide is most drivers use between six and eight hours of drive time per day. So that's kind of the industry average, somewhere between six and eight. It depends if you're a, a drive-in guy or a flatbed guy or whatever that is, but uh, that's not a lot. When you think about the percentage of what you could be working versus what they're actually working, it's maybe 60%. We're using about 60% of our available hours. Well, the drive hours are related directly to the income, whether that's revenue on the truck that's created or whether that's revenue or you know money for you, income for you as the driver. One of the reasons uh, you might consider go ahead and paying for the parking is just, you know, we talked about the anxiety it creates for you as a driver is it just, it kind of consumes you. Uh, Oh my gosh, where am I going to do? And you try to do your best to plan out your trips and you know exactly, I want to drive 500 miles a day, uh, but maybe I had to stop at 350 or 400 or 425 because that's where the fuel stops were. Uh, and I had to make sure I got in there by, by three or four in the afternoon, something like that. But the, the, the paid parking, so the way most of them work anyways, is you have an app on your phone through the, for the major guys, the pilots, the TA, the loves, or the three big ones out there. Uh, everybody's got an app. Everybody's got a points card. And in most cases, I think all of them offer you, you can reserve that parking. Uh, ahead of time and it charges you either you've got a credit card attached to the the app or maybe your points so you earn points as you fuel and um, I think the one I looked at the other day you could check in it was either at 3 or 4 p.m. and then you had that spot reserved for roughly 24 hours so you could check in it kind of works like a hotel anytime after four and it's it's yours you've paid for it uh, so it doesn't matter if you get there at six or seven or eight o'clock at night. That spot is supposed to be reserved and waiting, waiting for you. Now, the advantage to that is by reserving that, by spending that 20 bucks, was I able to run more of my hours on my clock for the day? And I think in most cases you, you can. Probably not going to work for you every day, but that's the argument is should I spend 20 bucks to earn more income? Should I spend 20 bucks for that truck to make more revenue? So let's just say you're a company driver and maybe you're making 60 cents a mile. You try to turn 500 miles a day. That's roughly 300 bucks a day is kind of your income as a company driver. So if I'm only running, you know, 400 miles a day, uh, then I'm, I'm short of that $300 target. But if, if it's 300 bucks a day, and let's just divide it by 10 for simple math, that's 30 bucks an hour, essentially, when you're running is what you're making. Should I spend 20 bucks? Should I spend 20 bucks to make another 30 or more? So I think that's really the argument. And you've got to figure that out yourself. If I can drive two more hours in a day, I can make an additional $60 because I got further down the road. Was that 20 bucks worth it? Well, yeah, it may have been well worth it. So that's probably the way you got to think about that a little bit. Now, the other uh, alternative to, to spending money on uh, cash or having it tied to a credit card or a debit card is your points card for fueling. And I, I recognize most of them offer that as well. 
the point system is a little bit different because you got to buy an awful lot of fuel to earn those points. Um, I think one of them I looked at that you get four points per gallon type thing. Um, but you had to, it would take you, it would take you fueling several times during that week to actually earn enough points to pay for your parking. So it, it may work occasionally, but it's probably not going to work all the time. But if you're one of those people that don't spend your points, you got a lot of points built up, spend them on parking sometime. So you don't have to go through that anxiety and the, and the thought process of figuring, geez, how far can I get down the road? Or I better quit early today. Now, Back to the points card, I think there's a conversation there and, and maybe even a, an argument from drivers. It's like, whose points are they? So generally they're tied to either buying fuel or spending money in their maintenance shop. So do the points actually belong to the company or do the points belong to the driver? Um, I, you know what? I think they actually belong to the company, but I don't know of any companies that have been selfish with that and, and kind of forced that. Uh, I talked to a couple of my drivers and, and they say, you know, that's what I spend for when I showers, obviously is a big one. Uh, so you get the free showers or if they're just buying soda or, you know, snacks for the road, whatever they're burning their points. I think that's okay. Uh, I wouldn't tell my drivers any different than no, you can't spend the points on yourself. You need to spend points on parking or, uh, other things for the company because the company actually paid for those points, if you will, because we paid for the fuel, we paid for the maintenance. So that might be an argument you run into. So that was the company guy, but let's say you're either an owner operator or maybe you're a dispatcher, driver manager, somebody listening out there too. What about the company? What does the company benefit if you pay for the parking or reimburse the driver for the parking? Well, I think in most cases, the, the number, let's say it's $100 an hour uh, that you're trying to put on that truck in revenue. Uh, it's $1,000 a day, 100 bucks an hour, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so spend 20 bucks to generate another $100 in revenue on the truck or more. Absolutely, I'd spend that 20 bucks. So I think from a, you know, when I, when I talk to a lot of companies, uh, especially smaller companies or drivers from smaller companies, uh, they're just saying, nope, they won't pay for parking. Their companies won't reimburse them for that. It's just tough and it's too bad. But, you know, I think once you get into the numbers and you start looking at it, uh, now you got to make sure the driver, you know, pushes a little bit further or his average hours of service used per day comes up or you're not getting the benefit out of it. You're simply just reimbursing the driver for convenience. So it has to be a win-win for both of you, but the driver should want to get further down the road too. That's how you're going to increase your miles. So that's my argument for you. I think you should really consider looking at the, uh, the cost of paying for parking. And as, even though it kind of makes you cringe a little bit and you don't want to give those, those uh, fuel stops any more money than you have to, it might be something that helps get you ahead. And in the long run, uh, I think you could end up earning more money doing it. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Driven Too Far. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and comments below.